Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caproletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk about the 2017 film, The Rachels. There's a strong running element <laughs> yes. to this movie. So strong that Matt is currently wearing... Would you like to tell the people what you're wearing? I'm wearing a... Because this is a movie in which... The high school protagonists uh, are on the track team. I am wearing a high school singlet from my high school. Mm -hmm. I will say that as I was setting up with Matt to come in here and record, I did an actual double take because he's not a tank top guy. So (laughs) as soon as I saw his bare arms, I... I was in the middle of a sentence about the soccer game that's going to happen later today, and I stopped dead in my tracks. <laughs> but anyway, so he's he's wearing something very celebratory and honoring the movie in that way. And honoring Rachel Nelson as well. Oh, as we, God. As we all should. Rachel Nelson. <laughs> in, case, in case we don't mention it later in the movie... This one's all villains. <laughs> there are no good people. You have no one to root for in this movie. If you ever come to these movies rooting for someone, Rachel Nelson, well, let's get into it when we get into it. But sure. all I'm saying is this one's all villains. We're not honoring her with a singlet. <laughs> so, when evil brunette Rachel R. discovers she can't keep up both on and off the track with her protege, saintly blonde Rachel N. Rachel R. offs the competition. But wait, Rachel R. isn't the last Rachel left standing. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Well said, dear. I'm going to point out something very quickly, very obvious to anyone who noticed my description. Of course... Evil Rachel R. is a brunette. Mm-hmm. Natch. Yeah. Like the wicked stepsisters in Cinderella. She must not be blonde. <laughs> and they do cast Rachel N. as kind and sweet and all of the stuff you would associate with a blonde. So sweet she gets nominated to Sweetheart Court. Yes. But I will say she is an imperfect... Like in the dynamic of Lifetime movies, if you have a victim and you have a villain, she's an imperfect victim because she's kind of a bad person. So that's why I said this one's all villains. (laughs) Now, I'm not excusing anything that happens to her or saying she deserves it, just to be clear. Some weird stuff happens to her. Well, not weird. Pretty tragic standard stuff for a Lifetime movie. Yes. First of all, the Rachels is told, the movie is told in three parts. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's told with text on the screen. And it kind of reminded me, it's trying to be like cheeky and cute. Not cheeky and cute, but it's trying to be like tongue in cheek and funny. And it kind of of reminded me style wise, like the typeface and all of that of the big short or vice. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was the tone it was going for was like darkness, but funny campy. Yes. And not that those movies are campy, but they're, very tongue-in-cheek and funny. Yeah, there's a wit and snappiness to them. Sure, and I think that this movie was trying to achieve that. I thought this movie was good. I didn't necessarily think it was funny. 
So I don't yeah. I don't know that we needed the segmenting into three. Right. You know, each Rachel three getting Rachel her chapters. Own. Yes. I think the story. In fact, I think if you took the words off the screen, the story as told still works. Yeah. But did it bother me as much as that one movie where I felt like we were watching it? Through? Oh, the fisheye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not not fisheye. It was it was where the entire edge was. Oh, blurred. the blurred edges. Yes. And mm-hmm. and so like half of a cam or half of a um, character's face would be like perfectly crisp and half would be perfectly blurred and they were in scene and yes. you, it was like what is happening? Why <laughs> is this happening? I didn't feel that way about this. If you want to segment it into each of the Rachels having their own section, that's fine. And I didn't mind the text on the screen. I just didn't think it was necessary. Yeah. But anyways, this is so minor. Um, I actually noticed that too. Okay. So we're introduced to the Rachels. At the beginning, there are two. But two Rachels. <laughs> and they do the morning announcements as the Rachels. Yes. As a side note. I did the morning announcements very briefly. Really? Yes. Like maybe once. Okay. I might not. I can't remember. I might not have been asked back. I am not good with public speaking. Why do we have a podcast? I don't know. I'm not great (laughs) with public speaking. And the announcements are not normally public speaking. You're kind of speaking into the void like a podcast. So theoretically, I should have been at least as competent at, at those as I was or as I currently am at podcasting. However, at the end of, I believe, the final time, or maybe the only time, who knows, I've clearly blocked this from my mind, that I read the announcements, I had to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh. (laughs) And my version was shorter than the real one. (laughs) I dropped a lot of words. Remix. And, And I, by the way, like, didn't know I did it. Typically, when I'm forced to do public speaking, I go into an actual white, like, my mind is, it's like a robot operating (laughs) me, and there's, like, no thought happening, and so, like, there's no filter happening between brain and mouth, and there's also no recognition of what's coming out of mouth, so I got to my first period, and the teacher was like, well, that was interesting. (laughs) And I had no idea what he was talking about. And he had to explain to me that I shortened the Pledge of Allegiance. And I I think I made some joke about always having thought it was way too long anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which it's not. It's very short. Was it part of a rotation? Did they uh, have... I I mean, knowing you, I just can't imagine that you would have sought out... I probably... If I did it, and if I did it with any length, I mean, again, I don't remember at all. If I did it at all, it was probably for a college resume or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like, sure. join every activity, yeah. stupid club mm-hmm. you can join, read the announcements. So we learn after the announcements that brunette, evil brunette Rachel R. Mm-hmm. is worried about a new cap on photos that has been placed on the yearbook. Yes. Apparently they are only allowed six photos of any given student, regardless of how many sports or clubs they join. Right. Including the feminism club. They say, why would they join the feminism club except to get their picture in the yearbook? Yes. And I would say to you, girls, because you are, at this point, they were teenagers. Girls, the reason you join the feminism club is because you want to be treated like equals. It's not for the picture. Yeah. 
but these girls will do anything for a picture. This is basically a fever dream someone, some parent wrote about like the evils of social media and like Very how much it so. could be taken too far. Mm-hmm. So fame at all costs. Fame at all costs. And a great place to start is always the number of photos in your stupid yearbook. Yes. I mean, well, it, it should also be said, they're juniors. Everyone in this movie <laughs> yeah, is yeah, a junior. Juniors, which normally the pecking order will keep you in place a little more than this, but these Rachels are getting a little big for their britches. They are Hills High would not be the same without the Rachels. So as they're discussing this yearbook issue, blonde Rachel N. falls for a transfer student. He's the new yearbook editor. His uh-huh. name is Tom. Yep. He's completely irrelevant to the plot, <laughs> <laughs> except that he makes Rachel R. mad. Yes. Oh, we also should mention that they wear matching nameplate Rachel necklaces. Mm-hmm. And the styling in general is very pretty little liars. So if you believe that teenagers have like endless supplies of disposable income to spend on clothes so that they can look Instagram perfect at every moment, this movie is for you. Yeah. I mean, when you said fever dream, it just flashed me back to the slow motion walk that happened several times with the two of them walking through the courtyard and people are cheering them on. And did you see the movie jawbreaker? I did not, but I heard of it because this movie also reminded me a little bit of the movie jawbreaker with Rose McGowan and Rebecca Gayhart. And I was trying to decide if the movie reminded me of that movie because evil Rachel N has dark hair and these like, brilliant blue eyes Mm -hmm. which Rebecca Gayhart that's her signature is like Mm -hmm. those gorgeous blue eyes or if it was because it's like teens murders everyone trying to be like popular and known which was like kind of the theme of Jawbreaker was like who's gonna be top girl yeah and like the kind of like quasi fame of of high school Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between Jawbreaker and the Rachels is that the Rachels were dealing in actual fame, too, because yes. now with the Internet and with Instagram and everything, kids like this age can actually it's not just high school that you can be the most known person in high school where everyone's following like what you're up to in person. Now people can actually like follow you for real yeah. on the Internet. And so like the stakes are higher in the Rachels than they were in Jawbreaker. As, if memory serves. Yeah. I haven't seen that in like 12 years right because as rachel r says if you're not branding yourself on social it's kind of like you don't exist yeah okay i mean we don't exist (laughs) i don't exist then for sure um or i'm 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 a dummy account that you think is like a russian bot (laughs) (laughs) so basically the first part of this movie is about the fracturing of the friendship of the rachels because rachel N falls for new student Tom. Mm-hmm. And because Rachel N also makes time for states. Yeah. She qualifies for the state. Meeting. And I thought you might have a thought on that. Is the process for qualifying for states as easy as you run a time at one practice. <laughs> so you're good for states. Just one of my many observations. Okay. So Matt's going to get into it. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, I actually researched how you qualify for the California state meet. 
Okay, he's not trivia this week, to be clear. So yeah. this is unsanctioned research. Well, I was just curious because I would have thought you qualified for the state meet by placing in a meet that qualifies Regional. you for Regionals it. or yes. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's true. Okay. Although, I guess in California, there are also what they call like at-large spots. So they probably take like the people that placed at the regional meets plus like top times from other... But still, from practice, though, no, I don't buy the from. It would have been from the regional. It would have been from a meet, and she ran this time at at practice. And Rachel R was left huffing and and puffing, trying to keep up with mouth agape, just <laughs> uh, like like watching me try to run. You know, <laughs> she couldn't keep up, and she's mad that. Rachel N did this and Rachel N's kind of like, I did it because I thought I might be able to. Why are you so mad? And Rachel R is like, we only did this for more pictures in the yearbook. Yes. <laughs> Which in a world of social media, again, I don't think kids care about their yearbook as much. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Unless their yearbook is one long Instagram story. <laughs> Don't stories go away after 24 hours? I don't think they'd care even that. Good point. Um, shows how little we know about Instagram. I'm you know more not, than I do. I'm not 100% sure about what I just said. So Rachel R. is so mad that she is going to make Rachel N. take the bus home. Yeah. The bus. <laughs> the bus is treated like like a death sentence in this movie. Yeah. Like it's like it's something no one else is doing. The worst thing in the world. I can't think of something as bad it's as It's like they being described. pulled in a wagon home for transportation. <laughs> sure. This leaves Rachel N an opportunity to flirt with Tom. Tom is a bus taker. So they have a meet cute well, re-meet cute at the bus stop and he gets her number. But Rachel R. is watching from across the street. In her snazzy convertible. In her snazzy convertible. And classic Lifetime movie, no one ever notices when someone is like 10 feet away in a car. Yes. <laughs> um, and so many so many movies have somebody 10 feet away in a yes, car just watching I mean, it all unfold. It, most of the movies have someone, you know. And close enough that it's like one car length. She's like one car length away in a car and doesn't... You know, Rachel N. is too distracted by Tom's, you know, floppy-haired brilliance <laughs> to, like, notice that someone who normally gives her a ride home. And and not a, by the way, not a car that fades into the background either. Matt pointed out it's a convertible. It's not, like, a basic four-door. Yeah. You know, some some completely innocuous car. And it's not, it's also not black. It's like a burgundy color that you would notice yeah anyways so rachel r sees the direction this is going they're about to exchange phone numbers and so she comes over and busts it up yeah and says she's gonna drive rachel and home the next thing i have is that we're introduced to the character of roxy who's very similar to the character um lindsey lohan's angry artsy best friend in mean girls oh that's like i mean roxy draws heavy inspiration from janice janice <laughs> uh and roxy is sad as she watches tom and rachel n's romance unfold because she thought 
she had a chance with this. Yeah, Roxy's on your book too. Yeah. But I mean, she should have known better because she has glasses, so there's no way a boy would like her. (laughs) Even though she's like, you know, a cute girl. Um, We're not going to get into looks because these people are, again, playing teenagers. They're not teenagers. They're playing teenagers, but we're not going to get into looks. But she, it's like a she's all that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like she's wearing glasses, so she's utterly repulsive <laughs> to everyone, yes. even though she's not at all. <laughs> so then, you know, Sweetheart Court gets announced, and Rachel R. isn't even on Sweetheart Court. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel N. is, and Rachel R. can kind of feel her mean girl grip slipping on the school. Like yeah. maybe she's not important anymore. I mean a heavy girl bumps into her and then smugly says, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't let that happen if you expect to be top girl. Let alone top Rachel. So we also discover at this point that Roxy goes by Roxy, but her actual name is Rachel something. Yeah. And she only goes by Roxy because Rachel R told her after freshman year, there wasn't enough room at Hills high for three Rachel's. Certainly not. And so Rachel R and Rachel N are having all these friendship problems. So Rachel N saintly Rachel N invites loser yearbook worker (laughs) to a party like some saint i mean she's presented as like mother Teresa for inviting (laughs) for inviting someone to a large high school party Teresa of hills high yes um i mean she is blonde so of course she's a good person but she invites her to this party to make up for having stood by while rachel r told roxy she couldn't be friends with the two Rachels anymore. Yeah. And that she couldn't even use her real name uh-huh. because there wasn't enough room for that many Rachels. And this conversation is taking place in a bathroom and Roxy warns her about Rachel R. She says, just be careful with her. And Rachel N kind of brushes it off. And then they both leave the bathroom and dun, dun, dun. Rachel R was in a bathroom stall the whole time. Yeah, of course. Check the stalls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> So, after Rachel N qualifies for states in a completely plausible way, <laughs> as we've discussed. I mean, Matt Matt went to the actual state qualifying information. I was curious. Sure. You know, anytime we have a curiosity about a lifetime movie and we do now, this sounds like more than a cursory Google search, but anytime we do a, a Google search, we are typically met with, like, Google laughing. Although the one time something was dismissed by an expert as not real, but we later discovered was real, was heteropaternal superfecundation. Yes! That is a real thing. Uh-huh. So, you know, we do have to do the fact-checking sometimes, yeah. and Matt has discovered, in this case, it's not real, unfortunately. Oh, I forgot to mention that when Rachel R. was in the bathroom, she, like, smashes the bathroom mirror because Roxy has been invited to a party. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. mad. Mm -hmm. But so after they find out that N qualified for states, R is mad, and Mm -hmm. she starts competing with her for likes and followers on Instagram Uh and tells N to just quit track. Yes. 
And then she makes a pass at Tom and he rebuffs her and Roxy witnesses it. Roxy always there lurking in the background, just taking it all in and, and biding her time. But again... Keep in mind, folks, there are no people to root for in this movie. Don't get it twisted that she wears glasses, so she's a good person. No good people in this movie. So, also, the music in this movie was, like, pretty whimsical. Uh I don't know if you picked up on that. (laughs) But, But throughout the movie, the music isn't the kind of music you would expect to hear if like a cartoon mouse is sneaking through a house, like maybe to find a piece of cheese or something. It's like very lighthearted. And we're going to mention in a few seconds, it gets very dark. Yeah. The music never gets dark though. Mm -hmm. The music stays cartoon mouse sneaking around levels of music. Yeah. And then there's a party the party and we don't know how but rachel n falls from the roof of a condo to her death yes and there's of course a ton of press coverage of it because she's blonde and white and pretty yes and rachel r watches herself on the news excitedly and cuts and pastes her face into the magazine oh yeah that was a lovely little tidbit where she was Pasting her face all over uh, a fashion or a, uh, a gossip was, magazine. I think it was a gossip magazine. Again, most Lifetime movies are brought to you by Michaels. <laughs> this, this tragedy brought to you by crafting. And do teenagers do things like that anymore? Or would she be like photoshopping her face? Do mm. teenagers buy Us Weekly? I didn't think they were like the demo for Us Weekly. Is Seventeen magazine still around? But no, this was clearly like in Us, like because it was like who wore it best. It was Yeah, it was who wore it best. And I, we were trying to slow it down because it looked like a picture of Britney Spears. Mm. But I don't think it was because I don't think they had the rights for any of that. But like is Britney Spears important to like a 17 year old? I don't know. She matters to me. And her conservatorship matters to me. Or, like, is it TikTok people? Mm -hmm. And, like, would you be hard copy cutting things into magazines? That feels like something... How does she have all those photos of her own face, even? I guess photo printing. I guess. All of this is to say it looks like something a serial killer would do. Mm-hmm. It's it, it like the the style of her cutting and pasting it into magazines is very similar to like those notes, the ransom notes you get. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get them. That one gets <laughs> that, that you've seen in movies. Yes. <laughs> um so the next day at school, Rachel R shows up in all black, mm-hmm. like she's in mourning, but she's wearing a mini skirt and these thigh high boots and this large floppy 70s hat and like these big chic black sunglasses. Uh-huh. She does not look like someone in mourning. She looks like someone going to like funeral Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> I Please, I hope that's not a thing. I hope no one's ever thrown a Coachella themed funeral. Mm. But... Now I'm wondering if someone has. Yeah. We know someone's thrown a Coachella-themed proposal. Right. James Kennedy. Oh, yes, of course. But... I feel like a funeral... I mean, if you if it's Coachella-themed... Unless it was, like, the founder of Coachella, it yeah. might be, like, a bridge too far. Like Could very well it be. It seems very disrespectful. Yeah. Anyways... 
I did so, want to hear your thoughts on the fashion throughout oh, this film. I mean, well, my my thought on the fashion is, like, I liked that everyone's aesthetic seemed chosen. Like, there was a deliberateness to the outfits. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like they had invested some money in making them look like the fashionable girls in school. Yeah. Now, that said, not that many people have that kind of money as a teenager yeah. to dress super well. But I did think that this this outfit indicated, like, she doesn't care about her friend having died. She's trying to look glamorous after her friend, like, in a more attention-seeking way. Yeah. So I thought the the outfit was good because it was indicating something about the character. Yeah. And I also don't mind when we're shown unrealistic depictions of how people dress because it's usually, like you're looking at nicer fashions than you would be in real life. Yeah. You know? So then Rachel R. is like practicing crying in the bathroom and she tweets about her sadness or Instagrams about her sadness or something. Mm -hmm. And she does the announcements alone, but uses it as an opportunity to plug her upcoming interview. Sammy Summers. Sammy Summers actually does sound like a local news anchor name. Except this is Los Angeles. But yes, absolutely. Wait, why would why would that matter? Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess it doesn't matter. I feel like they're like classic. Tonight with Sammy Summers. Yeah, that's sounds... yeah on news News Eleven. I think is the channel. Yeah, that film. sounds like five o'clock with Sammy Summers. Yeah. You know, and this woman, like the news anchor, has definitely got like news anchor vibes. She's got the hair that like the helmet. Yeah. Then Rachel R is like executing her plot. She says she wants to take Rachel N's place on the track team and run in her honor at States. Now, Matt, do you have thoughts on that? As a tribute, it's honorable. You know, I wonder if like a state... It's honorable. It's fake. I, well, it's, of course it's fake. Uh, I, I, like, I, I guess the concept behind it, I, I feel like that could happen. Really? If, but uh, there's a lot of red tape with those things. And I, I can't imagine a state athletic board like going for it. My only thought was like, that the state athletic board would be like, first of all, California is like the biggest state in the world. So like your kid's not the only kid that's died yeah. this year. So I thought like maybe there would be issues with that, that like, yeah, unfortunately. It, it'd be hard pressed to pull that off. But also my thought for like the state board was like, we're handing out medals for like the top runners in our state this year and that will apply to like college scholarships sometimes or like their placement on college teams or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah certainly recruiters are at the state meet my thought would be like that the state board would be like we'll give her in an in memoriam mention Uh, like yeah or say like hills high is running in honor of their former teammate. Yeah. But to put someone on the field when there might be another runner whose time met the standards sure. seemed seemed unrealistic yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't dig into the to, to, to. to the process for that <laughs> since you've been well Nancy Drew over here researching all these things. Or, sorry, I'll call you a hardy boy since I I don't mind being called Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew was a very good investigative Yes, she was. Good, Matt, you passed the test. <laughs> so, so Can I be in the feminist club now? You well, I mean, 
Have you been doing your reading? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, I mean, Rachel has this whole plot in mind. Rachel R. So she asks for a section in the yearbook for Rachel N., but she wants it specifically dedicated to the Rachels. As in the both of them. The both of them. And she stages... She entices Tom, yearbook editor Tom, who she's trying to get this section from, outside of the school to stage a crying photo with him, like, touching her arm. Yes. Indicating they might be dating or something for the waiting group of paparazzi. Yes. (laughs) Does that sound plausible, audience? (laughs) Local teen dies under unsuspicious circumstances the coroner has declared it or the police whoever declares these things i don't know declared it an accidental death that's correct. she fell from the roof mm-hmm. that's what the decision was yes do you think that multiple news crews would stake out the high school weeks later for shots of who who are they trying to get shots of they there's got to be something else going on in the entire los angeles region sure well because like if it was like they thought the boyfriend pushed her or they thought her best friend pushed her if they thought she had been pushed you might have like one news crew there yeah. or like one paparazzo there (laughs) trying to like get photos of the potential murderer yeah up until the trial Mm -hmm. takes place maybe maybe but i don't think so yeah i i don't think so and multiple camera crews i was like Uh come off it her plans for fame are pretty amusing throughout this yeah yeah like when she says that uh She's been contacted by Mark Burnett for an interview, which, why would Mark Burnett interview her? He's a TV show creator, not a journalist. He's creating a whole show, a reality show dedicated to her tragedy. Survivor, best friend. Yeah, but it's like, what, how much is there to cover there? Yeah. Like, I don't even know that you would be interviewed for the local news aside from like a 10 second clip. Yeah. But so she also takes Rachel N's place on Sweetheart Court, uh-huh. claiming that it's what Rachel N would have wanted. Mm-hmm. I also don't think a high school would do that. Yeah. I don't think a high school would be like, oh, your best friend passed, so we're putting you on Sweetheart Court. I think they would say, we make her the honorary winner for the year, yeah. or we make her the co-winner with whichever living girl wins. Yes. <laughs> Not to be crass, but, <laughs> um, but I don't see that happening. But throughout the movie, we're presented... It's a very Lord of the Flies movie. Like, there's no real adult presence. We're not shown a single parent. Yes. Ever. That was one of my notes. Ever. No Mm -hmm. parents ever. Not a parent for any kid. Yeah. And the presence of teachers and coaches is... Scant. (laughs) I mean, like, again, it's Lord of the Flies High School. Like, the adults are not running There's a yearbook... Uh, advisor. But the advisor seems to have no control because she's she just def- kind of like, whatever you want. <laughs> she defers to Tom. Yeah. I don't know about other people's high schools, but my high school, they would not have deferred to a student. No. The adults had the power yeah. and the students had to defer to the adults. And I'm inclined to think that that's generally how high school works. I did not research California yearbook guidelines, but... So, Roxy decides that Rachel R. seems too happy about all of this. And she talks to Tom about it, and Tom agrees that the way that Rachel R. is behaving is disturbing. 
And then he invites Roxy to his house to watch Rachel R.'s local TV interview. Rachel R. alleges that Rachel N. committed suicide because she was just fed up Mm -hmm. with boys and track and school. And Roxy, watching this with Tom, says she's lying. And Tom decides he's going to talk to Rachel R. And in them doing that... The dialogue between Tom and, and, and Rachel are, they, they kind of do this dance back and forth about, oh, well, Rachel R. wants them to have the yearbook section about the Rachels and Tom with Roxy as the driving force says, well, why don't we just make the whole yearbook a tribute to yeah. Rachel Nelson? And, yes. uh, and we end up seeing that they come out with a cover shot of Rachel N. in this practice with Rachel R. in the background, just helplessly trying to struggling towards the finish line. Flailing. I mean, she's flailing. And, and, and that's their presumed cover for the yearbook. Yes. Again, no seniors. No, no seniors. No adult saying, like, we could crop this photo so it's just the person who passed and not this other student. But Roxy is attempting to thwart Rachel R. at every turn. All the attempts she's making to, like, be on the track team and in Rachel N.'s honor and to be on Sweetheart Court in her honor. Roxy is trying to thwart her because she thinks that Rachel R. was responsible for Rachel N.'s passing. Yes. Is it confusing for you guys, this whole Rachel situation that they all have the same name? Because I feel like it's very confusing. Roxy, during this time, also confesses to Tom that freshman year, the Rachels were three of them. Yes. It was all three of them. And we see a flashback to freshman year. And we see Rachel R. telling Roxy that there's not enough room for three Rachels at Hills High. And back then, Roxy used to dress like, mainstream cute quote unquote she Mm. dressed in bright colors or whatever and now she dresses like alternative or as alternative as lifetime gets which means like dark colors and she wears like overall daisy dukes (laughs) (laughs) that's as like edgy as we're getting and at some point Roxy says one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life so I'm gonna pass it along now (laughs) She turns to Tom as they're talking about the Rachel's section or the the cover on the yearbook or whatever. And she says, this is bigger than yearbook guidelines. It's justice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they are crusaders for the truth. Yes. Well, and so Rachel R. keeps trying her pursuit to be, like, most attention-getting, and she wants jerseys like Matt is now wearing, but with Nelson on it in Rachel Nelson's honor at this state competition that she wouldn't be able to compete at. So Roxy decides to make those mass-produced and sell them to benefit the team. Yep to cut away the attention that Rachel R is getting. And then Roxy says to Rachel R, there's not enough room for two Rachels. (laughs) And she's really excited about like taking down Rachel R and Tom is starting to see that a little bit. Yeah. And then there's a scene with like Rachel Nelson 
Z Rose Garden, <laughs> which reminded me of Moira's Rose's Garden from Schitt's Creek. But they're calling themselves the Rachel's Roses, which also reminded me of that scene. And Roxy, because she's spearheading this Moira's Roses Garden, gets an interview with Sandy Summers or whatever. Sammy Summers. Sammy Summers. Much to the dismay and distress of Rachel R., who tries to get the interview, and Sammy Summers says, listen, we're not going with the sad angle. We want light, rose garden fun, not sad, (laughs) dead girl. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Sammy even says how she got in a bit of hot water for quote-unquote glamorizing teen suicide. Yeah. Well, by interviewing Rachel R. And, and the way that she was talking about it. And again, at no point, at no point, do we see a police officer coming to interview Rachel R. after she's made this bombshell allegation that it was suicide. Which contradicts the statement that she made to the police. That alone, you'd think, would make her suspicious to the police. So we see Roxy then pulling out her Rachel nameplate. Yes. She she originally had a necklace and Rachel R wants to meet Roxy before school. And Tom and Roxy before school are flirting and he says maybe stay away from Rachel R. We should hate Tom for all of this for like so quickly moving on. But truth be told, he dated Rachel N for like a week and a half. So yeah. I'm going to cut him some slack. All right. And I'm going to cut Roxy some slack because she wanted him first anyways. <laughs> so. And that being said, he did rebuff Rachel R's advances. Yes. Well, Rachel N was alive. Yes. So I guess we're okay. I mean, I don't know. How long do you need to mourn someone who you've been dating 10 days? Uh, I don't know. I, I, would, I don't think I would move on very quickly because I'd, I would just find the whole thing so deeply unsettling that I wouldn't be in, like, a dating headspace. Yeah. But teenage boys are... But would you refuse to be up, interviewed so. by Sammy Summers as Tom did? Yeah. I mean, in case anyone is listening and wondering, I'm not really available for interviews. <laughs> About anything, but tragedies for sure, no. I mean, I would never, ever, ever do an interview about the tragic death of someone in my life. Yeah. Because I kind of think those interviews are gross. Yeah, it's quite exploitative. Yeah, and there's a a rubbernecking quality to it that I really don't like. Here's the real question. Would you, like Rachel R., carry a lace handkerchief to that interview? If you decided to take part in it. Because I thought that was a nice little touch. I appreciate the aesthetic choice. I appreciate that she knew she was going to cry in advance because she'd been practicing those tears. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like Ramona Singer at a reunion, those tears did not come out of her eyes. And (laughs) dabbing at the area was completely fake. It was like scrunched face. No tears coming out, dabbing with this lace handkerchief. <laughs> Anyways, so... Whose jersey would Ramona wear? Her own. <laughs> so we have this 
meeting between Rachel R. and Roxy in the radio room. Yeah. And Rachel R. apologizes to Roxy and says that Rachel N. would have loved what Roxy's doing for her. Mm -hmm. And Rachel R. says she needs Roxy. Yeah. Roxy actually agrees to be friends again. And Rachel R. asks her to do the morning announcements with her and says, the school needs the Rachels. Yes. Oh, does it ever. Now more than ever. And then Rachel R. locks the two of them in the radio room and starts confessing. And Roxy, of course, turns on the mic. And we learn, most important to me, we learn that Rachel R. is planning to write a memoir called The Plunge from the Penthouse. <laughs> About her friend's death. I missed uh, the, t- the memoir title, so good on you for picking that up. It's a an eye-catching title. Do I see any reputable publisher publishing a book that is that unseemly? <laughs> no. But is there a publisher out there for you, Rachel R.? Yes. <laughs> so then we get a flashback to the party, and we see Rachel N saying that they weren't really friends with Roxy. They only let her kind of tag along because she had no friends. Yeah. And Roxy was on the roof. Yes. So she overheard that. Mm-hmm. And then we see Rachel N kind of fall and Rachel R doesn't help her back up from the ledge. But Roxy doesn't either. Yeah. And Rachel N is calling to Roxy. She's saying, Roxy, help me. And... Roxy lets her fall yeah. because, as she says to Rachel N, that's not my name. And then lets her fall to her death. Yeah, that's so, wild. All villains. <laughs> Listen, is Rachel N as big a villain as R or Roxy? No. No. She doesn't have enough screen time to do that. She's just not a nice person. Yeah. But is she as much of a villain? No, she's a follower of Rachel R., who is a villain for most of the movie. And she sounds like kind of a mean girl. Yeah. But she's not She's not letting people fall to their death, mm-hmm. at least that we've seen. Rachel R., back in present moment, says to Roxy, no one ever remembers the victim. They remember the villain. And Roxy slaps Rachel R. Yeah. And Rachel R. throws her across the table and chokes Roxy until security bursts in. Mm -hmm. And then we see Tom hugging Roxy and saying she won. Now he's saying she won because Rachel R. turned the mic off before... Before they started talking. No, no, no. She turned it off midway through. She turns it off before she says to Roxy, you were there too. Uh Because Rachel R. actually has decided that she wants to take full credit for Rachel N.'s death because Mm -hmm. she sees it as her path to lasting fame. Yes. So she doesn't want Roxy taking any credit Mm -hmm. for letting her fall because then she has to share the death fame. (laughs) And so Tom... Doesn't know that Roxy watched Rachel Ann fall to her death as well and let her. And so he's hugging Roxy and saying she won as security is taking Rachel R out. And he kisses the top of her head and she says to him, you can call me Rachel now. And we see this kind of like dawning in his eyes like, yeah, uh oh, but he doesn't stop hugging her. I would have. Yeah. Because the question is. Did you allow all of this to happen to get your name back? Which it seems 
She did. Yeah. So she could sport that Rachel necklace again. We see Rachel R. being escorted by police and taken away. The way she visualizes this, Rachel R. thinks that everyone's cheering for her. And we see like several layers of the walk where we have the people mouths aghast and just disapproving thumbs down at Rachel R. And, 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 and because everybody heard what she actually did to her friend, quote unquote, Rachel M. But, you know, all Rachel R. sees is like, this is her moment. This is her time in the sun. And it ends with her even saying to the camera or to the policeman, this is my good side. Yes. Which is confusing. I There weren't any cameras there, right? I don't think so. It's just like telling someone that yeah. my good side. Very weird. So what other thoughts did you have? You said you had lots of... You said you had lots you needed to talk about this movie, and I feel like I've been doing all the talking. Well, we covered most of them. Okay. Um, there were a couple of more track things that I wanted to touch on. Let's get into just, it. Just, just two of them, really. Okay. One, that time trial and practice. Yes. They were running the wrong direction around the track. <laughs> Races always run counterclockwise, and they were running clockwise. They were running clockwise. On a track, you're always turning left. The same is true for horse racing and auto racing. And I'm not going to... G- Tell you of my deep dive into why, um, but uh, but Matt notes it more than some people might because he's a lefty, so turning left it's like the one time when the world is like aligned for you. Funny you should mention that it's designed that way. Some say because people are right dominant, so it's easier for uh, a right dominant person to make a left turn than oh. a right turn. Yeah. So the world is still aligned against you. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're all just, all just used to it. You know, nobody runs races the other way. So what was just, the other track note? Uh, the other track note was that they're all wearing their own school uniforms in practice. They have their names on the back of their singlets, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know that uh, people do that. I can't say I saw a single track meet in high school or practice. Well, Basically. Why would you? People don't come to track meets unless no, their parents are... It's, it's not just that. Basically what happened is school ended and if I didn't have a meeting for a club I was in, it was like those cartoons where someone vanishes in a puff of smoke. <laughs> like I wanted out of there so fast. I wouldn't have even casually been hanging around long enough to see like someone running in the distance and be like, oh, that person has their name or not. By the time people were in their uniforms, I was already home. Like I was gone. Sure. So sure. I'm not a I'm not a good source for that. They may or may not have at my high school. Who knows? Not only that, but they're wearing their jerseys for practice, yeah. but also their own shorts. Everybody's wearing different shorts, which sure. would be expected of a practice, but I don't know. But they would be wearing their own shirts, too, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they had practice jerseys. Also, one last thing. Okay. The coach, I believe his name is Coach Lyons. Yes. He has a whistle. Okay. I don't know that track coaches usually have whistles. Why? Stopwatches, sure. Why no whistle? I, I don't know. It just seems seems strange. What if you wanted to like start a run? Yeah. You wouldn't whistle to start it? You'd just be like, on your mark, get set, go? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess unless they had a starter's pistol handy. Are you... Wait, you started practices with a starter pistol? No, of course not. Okay. 
Or you're just saying that like the coach would be like, okay, everyone run four laps and then we're going to move on to the next thing, which is like sprints. And then we're going to move on to like stretches and weightlifting. You're saying it, it would just be like announced person to person rather than with a whistle. Maybe there would be a need for a whistle. I don't know. Bad. I'm not trying to fact check you. I'm just asking, yeah. having not participated in a practice myself. I would just be curious and I don't know that we would get into this in the trivia how many people involved in the making of this film were track runners themselves just Un- because of the long, the, the, the wrong way running around? Unclear. No one, no one indicated on their IMDb profile that they were a runner. Mm. So I can't speak to that. I would think the form would tell you though. Yeah. You, Matt often comments on like when we're driving past people on their form, if it's like good and they're probably a serious runner or if they're a sort of like hobbyist runner. Mm-hmm. which you're not condescending about. It's just like that person runs for fun. Yeah. And, and I, that person has been trained to run. And I say this as someone whose high school coach announced to the entire school, entire sports awards dinner when I was a freshman that I ran like Ichabod Crane. My form was so bad. Well, I mean, <laughs> my biggest issue with that is that for me, jokes made at children's expenses by adults. For me, you're not going to find a, 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 a soft place to land. <laughs> sure. You know, you'll hear comedians say things like, never shoot down. Meaning like, you don't pick on people. It, like, it's one thing to like make jokes about the president. Mm-hmm. But you don't make jokes about someone who's more fragile or has less power than you so making jokes about kids like making jokes about like a kid on a plane like oh crying kid on a plane that's one thing making a joke about a specific kid who's right in front of you to other people knowing in high school how difficult the social part of high school is for all high school students regardless of popularity to me not an ideal thing okay Maybe if he'd made that joke at practice, but in the context of an awards banquet, no one wants to show up for a 48-year-old to roast a 14-year-old. <laughs> okay. It's part of the reason why we don't discuss the looks in high school movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's a little bit gross for adults to like have too much commentary. Right, yeah. It's a really hard time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Adolescence. Sure. Yeah. So, like, do you want to be the adult making it potentially harder? No, I guess Sick not. joke, bro, <laughs> is my comment. <laughs> anyway, those are those are my track thoughts on... Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm now trying to convince Matt he's been traumatized by a former coach, and Matt thinks it's a cute story, so I'll just let him keep his cute story. <laughs> okay, so we're going to... Those were your thoughts. No other thoughts? Um... There was one other line that I really liked okay, get from Rachel R. Where she said, people who tell the truth don't get on TV don't get book deals or reality shows or become president. Oh. And this was in 2017. So yep. she was making a... Yeah. I missed that. Unless it was just like a generic politician's lie. Mm, that feels time, which specific fairly, too. Because yeah. this would have been written in 2016, mm. probably filmed in 2016 mm. if it came out in 20... That feels... Pointed. Pointed to me. Mm. And good for you, writer, for <laughs> slipping into this movie some political commentary. 
Okay, so it was my trivia week. And we're going to move on to trivia now. Although, before we do, it's interesting that you probably noticed this. I talked the entire time. I talked the whole time. Before this, before we started recording, Matt said, I have so many thoughts. And I said, I don't have a ton to say about this movie. I think they did a good job. The actors did a good job. I felt like the writing was good. I felt like the plot kept it moving. It was nice and breezy. It was breezy. I had a few thoughts about like, you know, the words on the screen. Did we need them? About the segmenting into three parts. Did we need that? Although I guess we did because one Rachel proved... Proved Victor. She got the things she wanted and yes. the other one went to jail. One so. Rachel to rule them all. One Rachel to rule them all. Although Roxy is not a ruling the school kind of girl. She is not. She's gonna... But we. she did prove that she is so much darker than we thought. So maybe she just needs to embrace that inner villain. And maybe mm-hmm. she is dark enough to rule them all. But so... What's interesting is I was like, I, you know, I think this was good. I don't have, I enjoyed watching it again. I don't have a ton of comments about it. I'm going to let you do most of the talking. Cause Matt said to quote someone very close to me, I have thoughts. <laughs> and what's interesting is when Matt has thoughts, it takes like five minutes of recording. And as you've seen from our last episode, when I say I have thoughts, you're in for it. <laughs> So Matt had thoughts and they were very brief. So we're going to move on to trivia. So this was filmed in Encino, California during a July heat wave and temperatures during some of the track scenes reached triple digits. Oh, wow. According to IMDb. I did not fact check any of that. This was filmed at Crespi Carmelite High School. Notable alumni include Bodie Van Wagenen, the former Mets GM. Really? Yeah. And Matthew and Gunnar Nelson of Nelson. <laughs> nice. Who are listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the only family to achieve number one records in three successive generations. Their grandparents were Ozzy and Harriet Nelson. Oh. And their dad was... Ricky Nelson. Yes. And then them. I knew their father was Ricky Nelson, but I did not know Ozzy and Harriet. I did not know any of that. I listened to their song on a sample on iTunes, and it is not familiar to me, but I can place the era it was released. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of their hit, but it was uh, like a 1990 or 91 smash. Oh, I thought it was 80s. Or, or maybe 80s. I, I have no idea. No, okay, it's no, it's no, late no. 80s, early 90s. Yes, it's that kind of era. Yeah. It's like a monster ballad. Yes, type of song. if you look at their hair, yeah. you'll have a sense of like where in music history oh, yeah. they came along. Uh-huh. They have very specific hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those are great, notable alumni. Yes. Okay, so Madison Iceman. Iceman. Madison. Madison. <laughs> Madison! <laughs> that will make sense to Bravo people. Um, <laughs> Madison Eisman, Eisman, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, apologies, played Rachel Nelson. She lists herself on IMDb as a descendant of Andre Bienvenu Roman, 
who was the ninth governor of Louisiana. Oh my God, that's great. And because we mentioned this movie in Revenge Delivered, she's going to be on a TV series version of I Know What You Did Last Summer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Chelsea Zhang played Gina. Oh yeah, she was like the student council. She was kind of like... She announced the sweetheart court. Yeah, she was like Mm -hmm. active in the student body. At age 12, what happened to her? She won the Scripps National Spelling Bee. No. She qualified for the U.S. Figure Skating Junior Nationals. Nice! (laughs) And sort of related, Caitlin Carver played Rachel Richards. Mm -hmm. Who do you think she played in the ice skating world and in what movie? Um, Nancy Kerrigan. Yes, actually. (laughs) And what movie? Uh, oh, was it like... It's so much bigger than you think it's going to be. Was it the... Think uh, famous. Think like big movie. Was it I, Tanya? Yeah. The one with Margot Robbie? Yeah. She played, wow. she played Nancy Kerrigan in I, Tanya. Wow. Which is a pretty interesting career trajectory. Yeah. Uh, she also played Muffy Tuttle in <laughs> Dear White People, the series. Oh, the TV series. Okay. Yes, I saw TV the movie, series. not the TV series. I've seen season one, and I don't think she was in that one, but I'm not sure. Muffy. It's been a while. <laughs> and for those of you comedy lovers out there, she played Charred Girl in the Farmer's Market episode of Parks and Recreation. Remember <laughs> where they have like the sexy dancer? She was one of the dancers. So I think yeah. she must have some kind of dance training uh-huh. because she played Nancy Kerrigan and and Chart Girl. Yeah. You, know? you, you couldn't play those characters without dance yeah. training. <laughs> so that's trivia. Excellent. Well done. I did have a moment while we were recording of being like, I wonder if they named... Rachel Nelson, Rachel Nelson, because Nelson and Nelson Nelson attended the school. But I think that's a little bit, it's a pretty common name. And I don't think the writer probably knew the set location when she was writing the movie. So, so you know, I'm, I'm looking for something that's probably not there. Okay, that's trivia. That's the Rachels. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day, Hills High. Yes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at husbandwifetime or on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. Although we don't really care about followers enough to kill someone over it. So (laughs) follow us or don't follow us. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Whatever you like. (laughs) If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.